Welcome to the BBSI Entrepreneurs Podcast, the show where we talk about the challenges business owners face every day. We'll share the insights and tools you need to define your business strategy, better manage your teams, and mitigate any risks standing in the way of your success. I'm your host, Lauren Gelfand, Director of Marketing and Communications at BBSI. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we're talking to Audrey Saval, our HR consultant out of our Denver branch. Audrey has over 38 years in the human resources field with a strong passion for successful HR partnerships with business leaders. Audrey has worked with small companies and grown their HR departments to be massive entities and also is an associate professor at the University of Denver for the past 22 years in the Strategic Human Resources Program. Audrey, welcome to the show today. Hey, thanks a lot, Lauren. We're excited to have you on. We're going to be talking about how to onboard employees the right way, which I know you have a lot of experience with. But before we jump in, can you just give us a little bit on your background? Yeah, I've been in HR, in retail. I was in healthcare technology, for-profit education, and I've been a consultant at BBSI for about 10 years. I love small business owners because they are so engaged and really care about their people. And they don't hate HR people. And we find that in larger organizations, we're the ones that lay off people, the ones that breed fear with our policy policing. And small business owners, they see that, you know, the people part of their business is so essential that they really need an HR expert to help them through some of the quirkier aspects of employee behavior and employee motivation. Well, I think you hit on exactly the title of our podcast, which is the entrepreneurs. A lot of small business owners that we work with feel like they have to do everything themselves and that there's not a lot of help out there for them. Yep, that's so true. And we see that as the environment grows more complex with the different generations of workers and all the regulations that they're hit with. And so we've become, as HR people, much more essential to helping them proactively think through how the environment outside of their business impacts what they do inside. So we're we're all over that. We really like helping them with those kinds of issues. Awesome. Well, let's jump right into our topic today. It's a topic that I think is very exciting, and it's employee onboarding. It's always exciting when an employee starts in a new company. It's exciting for the business owner to have somebody to fill a key position, and it's exciting for the employee to come and start a new job. But we know onboarding can go very wrong, or it can go very right and set that employee up for success in the future. So tell me a little bit about your impression of what is employee onboarding. Well, employee onboarding is more than just an orientation where you sit down and say, here are all your benefits, here's your first payday, here's the policy book, blah, blah, blah. Historically, I've seen onboarding being equated to the water hose method of providing information to new people to the point where they can't remember anything by the first day. They're just like, they don't, they, they're just completely full and they, they don't know how to ask questions or just overwhelmed. And so uh, it's a huge mistake, but it happens a lot because the expectation is when this person comes to a company, they should know all the essentials about it and just jump right in and do the job. When in fact, what we do is we put them through a super fast baptism by fire kind of approach, and then we expect them to figure out the rest of it themselves. And it ends up being a very unwelcoming approach to new employees because they don't know who to talk to, they don't know what they don't know, and they end up learning by making mistakes. And additionally, from a business perspective, poor onboarding means that the new employees are less productive. In many cases, if people leave within 90 days, it's the result of a poor onboard experience where they just don't feel welcomed, nor do they know how to do their jobs effectively. So onboarding is something where 
companies that do a good job with it have to give the people the time to learn. And it's not just a day or a week. It could be several months before somebody is fully onboarded. And it's a variety of activities that start with reading and learning something and also experiencing uh, a learning process so that they can do it themselves. uh, And they have a lot of help and support. So it's much fuller than just teaching them how to do their jobs. And it's also important for them to feel welcomed by their coworkers and and understand the culture because that's what's going to keep them there in the long run. Absolutely. Well, what do you tell a business owner that hires somebody and they just can't wait? They've had a position that's been open for a while. They finally found somebody to fill it and they just want to throw them right into the fire. Yeah, and they, they squeeze them into their schedules for maybe an hour a day. It's just not enough for a new employee. And I think the other mistake that a lot of companies make is they, they either throw them into the job or they give them a whole bunch of online stuff to read and listen to and say, now you know your job. And that's just not good enough. Where's the social connection that they need with their teams? How do they get to know their coworkers? How do they get to know the company? You know, they know a little bit about the company, but how do they really get learn the inner workings of it? And like I said before, if they don't get that kind of high support approach to onboarding, they end up being far less productive. It takes a lot longer for them to do a good job because they're just learning they're winging it most of the time or they're learning from a lot of the, the mistakes that they make which is a very demoralizing experience for them and you know they were so excited when they came on board and and they come in and their supervisor says I, I i'll take you to lunch and see you later and that's what they end up with they're, it's just it's kind of a it's kind of a huge disappointment from the get-go and it says a lot about the company when they abandon the employee from you know the first few days and say figure it out on your own it really says a lot about how much this company cares about employees So in a perfect world, I mean, how long would an onboarding process take, a good onboarding process? I think a good onboarding process should take a minimum, depending on the complexity of the job, one to three months. It doesn't mean that they're fully onboarding, they're training full-time. It just means the first month there's a lot more support for them from the standpoint of training, follow-up, communicating to them, teaching them whatever they have to learn on their jobs, having a mentor to help them learn how the job is done, having a place to go to ask questions, and having a lot of structure around the onboard experience so that throughout this whole first month or two months, they have a chance to talk to their management team or managers or supervisors say, here's how I'm doing. The managers have good questions to ask to see if they're learning what they need to learn. And if they're not picking things up fast enough, then they, they make sure they intervene to such a degree where this person gets more time to learn something that may be more technical than they realized. But there's a, it's a highly interactive process that takes weeks because all of us learn you know, a little slower than we want to. Uh, we'd love to read something once and figure it out and do it just the way it's supposed to be done. But sometimes it takes learning by reading, learning by by doing something over and over again through repetition, listening to someone, watching someone. And then the, the, the culture part of this is where I won't really feel like I'm part of the team until people make a point to stay in contact with me or talk to me over a period of time. So once is not going to do it, but if someone checks in with me daily or weekly to see how I'm doing or talk to me or get to know me, I'm going to feel a lot, a lot more welcome. So minimally a month for highly, highly technical positions or executive positions, it could be three to six months before they feel like they know enough in their jobs to be effective. 
So I feel like this dovetails into a lot of other topics for business owners in terms of the tools and the support materials needed to get somebody up to speed, not to mention all of the meeting and building relationships and all that. And it, it got me thinking about like employee handbooks, for example. What happens with a business owner that, that doesn't have sort of established policies and procedures beforehand bringing somebody on? Where do you recommend that they start? Well, you know, human beings, the first thing I want to know when I start a job is when I'm going to get paid. <laughs> Little simple things like that. Yeah. What are the hours? What's the dress code? You know, when do I get my breaks and lunches? You know, little things like that might seem like no big deal to managers and owners, but it's a big deal to new employees. And the little thing about paychecks is a huge deal. So you got to at least have an answer of when they get paid, where they can have direct deposit or where they pick up their checks. The logistical basic needs of the employees must be met if they don't have an employee handbook. And then if they can get a handbook or they have some policies they, they point employees to, they should sit with them and talk to them about them versus handing them over a, a document and say, read this thing, because people will not read it. I can tell you right now, handbooks are extremely boring to most people. So a more effective way is to say, here it is. It's a reference point for things like, you know, if you have, God forbid, a death in the family, you'll want to know how our funeral policy is. You'll want to know if you have time off or how to notify us, you know. So, so it's, a, it's a reference book for you to look to if you have to get questions answered. And, and all you have to do is just point out highlights of things that they need to know and then say, here's where it is when you need to, to refer to it. But I wouldn't go overboard in policies because it really is a it's not a very warm and friendly conversation to have where things like here are the forbidden things you can't do. Did you know you'll get fired for this? Honest to God, I just don't think that people feel that welcome when you're threatening them on day one with a policy. And they know I mean, they, they basically know that they break policy, something bad could happen. So I would just highlight things and really the tone needs to be welcome to the company. We're so excited to see you here. Let's cover some things that are important to you, like paychecks, benefits, where you're sitting, do you have equipment, you know, who's your boss, who do you call for help? Those basic things are good enough to make people feel like someone cares about them. I think that's fantastic. Do you have any examples of some very positive experiences in clients that you've worked with and then maybe also some examples of some not so positive experiences where you've had to kind of come in and help them sort of navigate through a, an improved process? Yeah, so positive experience was for a, a professional individual with some fairly technical knowledge. The client and I constructed an onboard schedule that was it was 30 days with a 45-day window where if that person needed more time to learn something, we'd make sure they'd have that time. And we planned the whole thing out before that person was hired. So what we added in the, in the onboard was the obvious stuff the first week of, you know, basic policy, get to know. Um, and, and then we also made sure that the owner had a mentor besides the supervisor that this person could go to for questions. And this had to be a person that was positive, uh, you know, just a happy employee in general, someone that, uh, the, that, that this employee could get a sense that it's good to work here. And, and it would be an informal relationship such that the employee could ask them anything or talk to them about how they really feel. And so we constructed the whole schedule right down to you're going to meet with this person for this reason. Uh, it might be IT for this. It might be the customer service people for that. It might be talking to the salesperson about products and services. And we schedule one-on-one -on -one time with a variety of people with different functions so that the employee could meet these people and talk to them how things were done. Sometimes it was virtual. 
Sometimes it was in person. On day one, we also made sure that that employee had lunch with the team or with the supervisor, really to set the tone for, we are so glad you're here. We're celebrating your arrival. Let's get to know you as the person. This individual is probably very nervous right now and a little bit overwhelmed. And then as each week passed on, we'd make sure on Fridays that there'd be scheduled time for the new employee to, to reiterate what they learned that week to make sure that they're directionally on par with where we wanted them to go. If there's any gaps of knowledge, we talk to them further about that and we tweak the next week's schedule so that they have more time to learn something that they're not picking up as fast. And the goal is for them to feel like we're here to help you, we're here to support you. Do you have any concerns about how this is going? And they gave us lots of great feedback on how to continuously improve the onboard process because we, we continue, to continue to reuse the schedule. Then we say, here's your schedule for next week. You're going to now focus on this particular application. You're going to focus on this particular product. And we give them more focused, week two would be more focused discussions with things that tie directly with their jobs, uh, much deeper stuff, but not to the point where it was, again, information overkill. We had to really temper that carefully so that they weren't overwhelmed. And we always check with them every week to make sure they weren't overwhelmed. We'd also talk to the mentor to make sure that the mentor was giving us a sense of how this employee was experiencing the onboard process. And this went on for four weeks. So it was a very interactive discussion. They didn't fill their whole day with onboarding. They'd do a little bit of their job, and then they'd have two or three meetings with several individuals based on what they need to learn more. And this went on for a full month. Uh, and they had a lot of people to meet with. And they had time to go to online training. We made sure they had plenty of time for that. There would be a lot of checking, and the supervisor was scheduled to check in with the employee. Uh, and a lot of times, supervisors get really busy, so we scheduled it on their calendars to check in with the employee at the end of a day, say, how are you? Just no agenda whatsoever, just checking in. And then at the end of the 30 days, we'd say, well, how are you feeling? Are you feeling overwhelmed? And of course, they would say, to some degree, I'm still a little overwhelmed. And we'd say then, okay, for the next 15 to 30 days, here's we're going to focus more of your onboarding activities wherever your knowledge gap is until you say, I'm good, I'm feeling very productive. But it was, it was so interactive that by the end of the 45th day, this employee said, I think I have what I need. I know who to go to. I'm feeling good about myself. I'm feeling good about the company. And I love the support you guys are giving me. Uh, and I'm just going to tell some of my other people that I know that you guys, that they should come over here and apply. That was really the ultimate compliment was when they said, you know, I'm going to tell people about what you guys, because nobody offers this breadth and depth of, uh, a, you know, a training onboarding experience. And so we, we, we made sure that they had plenty of time to talk about how they're experiencing this and then also gave us feedback on the process itself to make sure it was, it was as good as it could be. On the flip side, we did have a client who has workers who do janitorial services. The turnover was very high for a long time. They were really struggling with finding people too. It was turning into like a treadmill. And so we sat down and we talked about what is it that we can do to retain people so that they feel good about themselves. And we created an abbreviated version of this because they didn't really need a full two months of onboarding. It was more like two weeks to 30 days, depending on the person. And the owner wasn't comfortable with you know, putting out there, we're going to give you limitless hours for training. He, he just wasn't sure he could do that. But it was more of a, let's see what we can do to help these people feel welcome and reduce our high turnover because it was killing them operationally to have continuously high turnover. And what happened was as soon as they got even a little bit of onboarding, even a more structured approach for the first 30 days, their turnover dropped by 50%. 
which was amazing because, you know, it was it, it, all it took was just a little bit of effort to give people time to learn, to check in with people, and to make them feel welcome. That was the most important aspect of the onboard experience. But I think the most common misfire that I see in small businesses is they hire someone and they say, welcome, here you go, here's your manual, and call me if you need me. See you later. So I try and coach leaders and, and managers and owners to really think through the investment of time and energy into the onboard process because in the long term, if you do a good job, you're going to have highly productive people and lower turnover, especially when you need people the most right now. Two pieces stuck out to me, and, and the first one is the feedback loop. Asking for feedback after directly from those applicants, those new employees to say, how's it going? Mm-hmm. You know, if it wasn't going well, why isn't it going well? If it is going well, what did you like? What could we continue so that you can adjust in the future? I think that that's, that's a huge insight that a lot of owners probably don't think about. You know, they kind of toss you into the fire and then you get through it and it's tough, but then you figure your job out, hopefully, before leaving the company and then you're in for a while. I know, and a lot of your younger workers, you know, as I, I believe that the younger workers, the Gen Zers and, and millennials, demand feedback. They want to give it. They want to get it. And so you, you, when you onboard in this way, you're giving them something that's really important to them as well. And you're partnering with them. You're not saying you're just an employee and I'm just going to throw information at you and I expect you to pick it up. You're partnering with them to help them learn and feel good about themselves and feel, feel good about the work that they're doing and ultimately feel good about the company. I think there's another part to that, too, is the knowledge transfer, right? Taking the information of the company that may be institutional but may just be something that they've carried in their head for all this time and actually sharing that, potentially documenting that down so that that lives on for the future and makes the process easier as you go forward. Yeah, a lot of your older workers are excellent mentors. They would love to be, and some of your high-performing employees as well, and companies today are typically ignored because they just get the job done. They don't complain. But if you ask them to be a mentor, it would be a true compliment to them to be asked to do that. And they'd probably give it their all to make this person feel welcome. So it's a, it's a task that you can assign to people who've been doing great work overall, represent the company well. And it doesn't take a lot of their time, but they will, they'll give it their all to make this person feel welcome and answer their questions. And they're a great resource, as you said, in sharing knowledge. And in a more informal way, too. It's not quite so structured. I think that's great. I mean, I think that's the best ability to learn because it's it's more one-on-one. You can ask questions and not feel like you're in a big room asking a dumb question. You can ask those simple questions in a one-on-one environment, and it makes that, that new employee so much more comfortable in that environment. Yes, that's right. It is. And that's really the human quality of it. What about costs? I know that a lot of business owners are worried about the cost and the time. You mentioned the janitorial company. You know, the owner said he couldn't take a tremendous amount of time to get people up to speed. But in the long run, he was probably spending more hiring and training new employees than keeping the ones that he already had. That's so true. I I keep track of the cost of turnover. It's a metric that HR professionals have have really provided. And the cost of turnover can range. And when you think of cost, it's the cost of posting the job. You might hire a recruiter. You might even put it on ZipRecruiter, Indeed, which is very expensive. And then you have the time that people have to take to train as well as just the fact that the employee is not productive for a while. And that, on average, can cost anywhere from 33% of an annual wage to over 100%, depending on the skill set that's needed and the difficulty of finding the person to fill the job. So when you think about the high expense, and, and operationally, it's disruptive as well, because if you're constantly churning people, you're constantly training people, you really can't focus on being more proactive as a business owner, nor can you think about how to solve root causes to 
problems. You're just continuously reacting like you're on a treadmill, just running along, just reacting to the moment because people don't stay very long. So when you think of that, the cost of the onboarding, I would say it's far cheaper to take the time to train people, to have them mentored, to structure it, than it is to have people turn over far cheaper. Because if you have people there over 90 days, versus losing them within 90 days, you're going to end up coming out with a high return on investment the longer they're there. And they're more productive sooner when they're onboarded. They know what to do, they know how to do it, and they know who to go to if they have any questions or there are any issues that pop up along the way. So I know there's a lot of pieces that go into the onboarding process and a lot of pre-planning that goes into that as a business owner that maybe doesn't have a structured onboarding process right now. What would you suggest that they do? Where where could they go? I know that they can come to BBSI for help. Well, what are the options that are available to them? Well, you know, I think find online some some good tools out there for onboarding best practices. I mean, it's easy to Google something to find some structure, or you can speak to any expert or professional that's done onboarding. I think HR people probably know the most about that. All I would say is it's fairly simple. All you need to do is put together an agenda, much like a meeting agenda, maybe a 30-day agenda. It doesn't take rocket science to do this. And then think about if you're going to give people the skill set to do their jobs, you know, what's it going to take for them to learn it completely and holistically so that, you know, they pick some things up the first week and on week one through four, you know, they, they know enough where they can function well, but but then you it put insert into that some structure where the supervisor is communicating to the employee, you have a mentor in the mix. Those are all fairly simple things that anyone could do if they just organize it. And they can actually talk to their own employees and ask them, you know, what was your onboarding experience like? And if you had some, some best practice or what you found to be helpful, let's incorporate that into our onboard process. So they can certainly check internally as well to see how other people have experienced it and some of the highlights that, that people say incorporated into their onboarding plan. It's just like, an, it's, it would be like a 30-day agenda. You know, here is what we have planned for you, new employee. And we're going to think about what it's like. We'll walk in your shoes for a day and say, don't forget to have a phone. Don't forget to have equipment. Don't forget to have a place to sit. You know, it's, it's, it's really common sense stuff that you can build this agenda from. But HR people, they, they know how to do this and they can help you. I've always felt in my own experiences that having that agenda to follow is really helpful, especially because you don't want to be the entire day with somebody else. You want to at least to a certain extent have some time to explore on your own, right? To kind of learn by doing and maybe making mistakes, not big ones, of course, but you know, going through the motions during the day. And so I've always felt like having the agenda afforded you some of that time to kind of find your way around the building, find your way around the job site, figure out where everything is and who those people that you know will be helpful are going to be located. Yeah, so what's nice about a longer-term onboarding agenda is that you give people space, maybe at the end of the day, for them to read on their own, to decompress a little. Because I have to tell you, when you're a new employee, if we've all been new employees, if you don't remember, it's a little intimidating to walk in and learn everything new. Even if you know your job, it's still intimidating. So giving them the space to do some online exploration, 
to sit back and absorb, to look at their notes for the day. That's really important because that's the best way for them to learn how to, how to do their jobs. And so we, we gave them, uh, these folks, lots of gaps of time where they could do things or go off and read something. And we would encourage them through goals to make sure they got certain things done, especially in the first week, because a lot of times we'd say, here's some free time. And they go, what do I do with it? It was like, okay, I want you to read this. I want you to go through this online training. I want you to speak to this person. I want you to explore the building, find out where the restrooms are, you know, things like that, where they, we, we give them a little more structure the first few weeks since they really don't know what to do with their free time and then get out of their way as they learn their jobs so that they have more time to explore, especially with things like technology. If you go to them and say, here's how to put something into QuickBooks and, you know, boom, 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 and then you send them off to the next task, they really need time to absorb that and practice if possible. So, yeah, space, that kind of space is really needed to make it a rich learning experience. And that repetition of doing it over and over until they feel like they're comfortable and have their hands around it. Yeah, that's right. Well, I think it's so important to make sure that you have a good onboarding process, and especially because employees are the biggest asset of any company. Turnover costs, taking the time to make sure that you have knowledgeable, skilled employees, all those things help that business owner focus on growing the business and not in the the day-to-day minutiae. I just think it's a fantastic topic that every business owner should think about before they start to grow their business. And I know oftentimes a lot of our owners get into the business because they were passionate about a product or a service and they didn't think about all those other pieces that go into that puzzle. Right. And people are the hardest thing to manage in a business. But when you start with the right tone and you build a little structure, the investment will come out in droves as people are excited, they, they're productive. And they're willing to, you know, if they really found this a great enriching experience, they're going to talk to other people about it. So if you need talent, make that experience super positive, they're going to let people know about it. I mean, there's there's nothing but goodness that can be found if you have a good onboard experience. And it's it's not that hard to do. It just requires a little time and effort. But the investment, the return on investment is so huge, it's worth it. Well, it reflects positively on the company. And as you said before, if somebody has a real positive experience, they're going to tell other friends about it. You should join this company. I had a wonderful experience. Things have been going great so far. And that grows the business from within. Yep, that's so so true. And the people stay, which is really important nowadays. Well, Audrey, thank you so much for sharing all your insights. I think this is so valuable to our owners just to think about that process and to look at it and to say, do I have things documented? Am I doing any of these things? And of course, you don't have to do everything at once, but at least starting to think about the process is the first step towards improving it. Yes, exactly. And just give a little structure and make sure that you create a warm welcome. Those people, they're really important. You worked hard to get them. So treat them that way because they'll appreciate it. To all our business owners out there, thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're looking for more resources to support your business, visit our website at bbsi.com and subscribe to our monthly business owner newsletter, the BBSI Insider. We'd also love it if you'd subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss out on the latest insights from our BBSI business professionals.